Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Laney, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is... No Jacket Required by Phil Collins. But before we do anything, here's our news segment. Alright, we're business casual today because I forgot my tie. Anyway, let's get into the music news. Simon Gallup, the bassist for The Cure, is no longer a member. After announcing his departure, he replied to a Facebook comment saying that he just got fed up of betrayal. Tony Bennett shared his last performances at Radio City Music Hall for his 95th birthday. He canceled the remainder of his tour dates, and his family has said that he has been battling Alzheimer's since 2016 and that it's best to stop concert performances. However, this doesn't mean that he's done singing. Garth Brooks, Nine Inch Nails, Foo Fighters, and many other artists have canceled the rest of their tour dates due to COVID-19. So check your local local artists and your tickets and everything to make sure you know what's going on today, okay? But speaking of Foo Fighters, they will be awarded the first ever Global Icon Award at the 2021 VMAs. Travis Barker flew on a plane for the first time since the 2008 crash that killed four and left Barker with third-degree burns. KISS is going to Las Vegas to reside at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino, where they will be playing shows December 28th through February 5th. So, if you want to rock and roll all night and party every day, you know where to go. Insane Clown Posse have announced a farewell tour, and to be honest with you, I haven't heard that name since middle school. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. Yeah, um... Alright, so before I get into this next topic, I want to issue a trigger warning of sexual abuse. So if you do not want to hear this part, skip ahead 15 or 20 seconds. Bob Dylan is being sued for allegedly sexually abusing a 12-year-old girl in 1965. But recently, his busy schedule from 1965 may be able to prove him innocent. I'm not going to go into too much detail, so if you want to read more on that, you can just look it up for yourself. I hope. Mm. Now... For some even more depressing news, Charlie Watts, a trailblazer in the rock and roll industry, a true talent, drummer for the Rolling Stones since 1963, passed away at the age of 80 this morning, August 24th. Rest in peace. Man, that one sucks, too. Yeah. I saw everyone posting about that. Mm-hmm. Thing, yeah. Even Ringo, bro. Peace and love. Peace yes, and love. Even Ringo. Um, but to end, thing, end things on a lighter note, I found an article from... April 1st, 1999, uh, uh, from MTV, and I'll read it to you real quick. So, the title of this article is Nirvana Goes Diamond. So, Nirvana's Nevermind, 1991, and Led Zeppelin, Houses of the Holy, 1973, and Led Zeppelin 2, sorry, in 1970 have joined the select ranks of Diamond Award-winning albums. The Diamond Award, which was introduced in a gala ceremony in March, signifies an album has sold at least 10 million copies. Nevermind is one of only four albums by post-punk rock bands to qualify for the award. The other three are U2's The Joshua Tree, Pearl Jam's 10, and Green Day's Dookie. Led Zeppelin is now the third act to have three or more Diamond albums following in the footsteps of The Beatles and country star Garth Brooks. The awards, which are next step after gold, platinum, and multi-platinum awards, are issued by the Music Industry Trade Group, the Recording Industry Association of America. So, that was actually really cool that I found that random. Yeah, that was dope. But anyway, let's uh, get back to the podcast. And we're back from that new segment. So, before we get into the album, uh, let's go on to social media. So, the Twitter, TDMPod, TDMPOD. The Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. Right smack dab right there. 
the YouTube for if you're an audio listener and you want to see our face or you want to see the vlog that literally just went up today as of recording this. The Diamond Mind. If you look up the Diamond Mind podcast, we should be the first thing that pops up. Uh, just subscribe, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, or just follow or on whatever platform you use. Everything's kind of different. Um, to get notified whenever a podcast goes up, or if you're subscribed to the YouTube, you'll get a notification in your sub box whenever a blog or anything goes up. So, yeah. All right. Getting into No Jacket Required. I cannot talk today. Even in the news, you probably saw. Um, but do you want to say how this album was actually named? Oh, yeah. So we were sitting there listening to this, and uh, I looked over, and there's like little song facts that pop up. Um, and uh, apparently this album was named because, um, what's his name? Phil Collins. <laughs> Sorry, I literally already forgot his name. Uh, Phil Collins was denied access into a restaurant because he didn't have the proper jacket on. And I think that's just crazy. It just shows how different, I guess, society was back then. Like, that would not fly anymore. Just about, like, being like, oh, you're not wearing the right jacket. You're not allowed in my restaurant. Like, Basically a dress coat is what they were looking uh-huh. for. But, yeah. So he said no jacket required. Uh, getting into the feats, it went 12 times platinum, 11 songs... That around 50 minutes. Um, it was released on February 18th, 1985. And it is 1985's Grammy winner for Album of the Year. And so. you can definitely tell if you listen to this album. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all listen along with us. It is very 1985. And Incredibly 1985. I wrote this down, but Phil Collins is basically the definition of the 80s. Uh, he was in Genesis, who actually started in 69, and then they carried into the 80s, I believe, maybe even the 90s. But he really blew up, especially with his first three solo albums, so it it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But So anyways, uh, going into the, into the specifics of the song, uh, the first one, uh, many of you have probably heard it, it's called Susudio. Um, I'd heard this one, but I always thought that it said Cecilia. Like, I thought it was talking about a woman. Um, again, very 80s song. Um, just a lot of just synth and poppy stuff going on. But there's also this guitar that drives the song that I really, really like. Um, this song is dumb in my opinion, though. I'm sorry. I'll go ahead and say it. I don't have any other way of saying it. Um, it's got that stutter thing that I hate. I wrote that down. Oh yeah, gosh, how he's okay. just like the S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-
Lots of brass sounds and synths. Not a horrible start to the album because it's catchy, but it is very repetitive again with the stutter sound that Nate really hates. And that's all I have, so let's go to the next one. The next song is called Only You and I Know. Um, exact same vibe as the studio. Same trumpet hits, same synth, just same poppy feel. Um, the chorus is just way less catchy. Like, it really just took the studio and just kind of watered it down for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than... Uh, has a guitar solo in it and kind of caught me off guard and that thing ripped so I keep hitting the table and it's really annoying me okay but you can go ahead okay so only you and I know about a couple on the brink of separating wow I didn't catch that because I didn't really pay attention but heavy uh, topics I took it as words can't always be expressed how we feel I don't know if you relate to that or not but I can I can understand. And like what you're in a saying. relationship of any kind, really, mm-hmm. words can be misspoken and taken the wrong way. But we know our intentions with the words. And he even says that in the song. I think multiple times. It might have been the chorus. I can't remember. Um, but this album is considered pop. However, the guitar that Nate uh, mentioned a second ago sounded like the hair band rock, like left left. Death Leopard. <laughs> Who we've already talked about, and if you want to go check out the episode, you should. Pyromania. You can you can go on. Jeez, uh, <laughs> dude. Uh, the next you. song is called Long, Long Way to Go. Um, these first two lines, I'm just like, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll just read them to you. While I sit here thinking, while I sit here trying to think of things to say, someone lies bleeding in a field somewhere. That just like I don't even know. That caught me so off guard. I, st- I think I started laughing. I'm not even sure. Um, this definitely has coming in the air tonight vibes. Uh, without like a big massive hit, how like coming in the air tonight in the beginning, it's it has a long time where it doesn't have any big massive like yeah course hit. Um, it's just kind of like if you took that beginning feel. And had it as the whole song. Uh-uh. But um, one other thing I'm going to say about the song and then turn it over to you is the ending is so abrupt. Mm-hmm. So, so abrupt. It literally just stops right after his words. There's no outro, like, instrumental or anything. It's just his after his word is done, he cuts it right off. So I'll hand it over to you now, though. Hey, you haven't been to St. Augustine? Yes, ma'am. Anyway, so the beginning has a very eerie feeling, and that's when he says those first two lines that Nate already said for you. Mm -hmm. And the song is really boring if you don't pay attention to the storyline. And like Nate said, it ends abruptly, but he says, turn it off, and then the song just instantly Mm -hmm. ends. Now, I did look up song facts, but all I could find was people's comments on it. So the first comment says that, I think the song is about the world being right and how we still have a long, long way to go before the world is right and at peace with itself. Sting was amazing in this sum, by the way. Sting is in, like... Sting. Like, the Sting? Okay. I, I was, think so. I think he's in this song, apparently, from what that guy said. Huh. I didn't even know. I was literally just on Phil Collins' Wikipedia earlier, and uh, one of the associated acts was Sting, so I guess they work together a lot or something. I don't know. I don't know. I meant to fact check that, and I never did. So sorry if 
<laughs> Maybe you all know. Comment down below. So, so sorry if, you know. So, so, so sorry. Like, imagine if we just, like, everything was just like that, bro. Just well, to add I a mean, little flair, we just... I've already stuttered enough this podcast on me. Valid. I said left two times before I said the word dev. <laughs> I, anyway, second comment. It's also about TV slash media and how it's easy to shut it off and the world's problems disappear, at least from our eyes, which is the last, I guess, stanza where he says, switch it off, turn it off multiple times, and then the song cuts. Mm-hmm. The third comment says, this is also the final comment, this is one of Phil's open letter songs about a dissolving relationship and as described in the three haunting scenarios, he still thinks they have a long, long way to go before the relationship is doomed. Interesting takes on that. Interesting next song. Takes on that. Uh, the next song is called I Don't Want to Know. This gives me the vibes of something that we've listened to. I was, I kind of am leaning more towards like the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, but I'm not for positive what I'm thinking of. Um, the chorus is savage, bro. Bro don't care how much she cries. He ain't going back. He don't he don't even want to know, bro. Um I liked this one better because it feels more like a rock song to me. Like it feels it's mm-hmm. driven by guitar rather than synth than like electronic drums and stuff. Um this one was my favorite so far at this point in the album. That makes sense. Um also when I said I don't want to know that instantly reminded me of Alanis Morissette's You Ought to Know. Uh-huh. That's a banger. Anyway. Is she on this list? Yes. Yes. The beat is the exact same as Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones, so that's why it sounds rock and roll. It is the exact same. And we've finally figured out a song because... Yeah, we always, like, relate it to songs and then never know what they are. Exactly. Uh, It's really catchy. Didn't listen very closely because I was too obsessed with finding what song it sounded like, and that was the Rolling Stones song. But it's a good song to listen to. I give it a 7 out of 10 Rolling Stone tongues. Okay. Uh, the kid that I showed you, the eating the chip video, oh he literally just messaged me on Instagram and sent me a link and said, I made a sequel to the chip eating video. Me eating a chip part, dude, this is for you. This is for you, Hayden. This is for you, Hayden, Edder, Deacon, and Nate. Reupload. <laughs> Tell them to go watch your other one. Well, anyways. Tell them to come. Oh, dude. And we're back. Um, Nate had to change pants. Yeah. The next song is called One More Night. Um, the opening lyrics literally are instant, instantaneous, just immediate start. Um, which is like kind of weird because it's like the exact opposite of One Long Way to Go. Not related. Not trying to relate everything to Green Day, but it's basically like basket case uh-huh like the first the first beat it's, just, it's the song yeah. um i didn't like this it felt like if elevator music had words and it sucked so many balls um just the most redundant song and nothing ever happens until a little saxophone action in there kenneth gorlick is that you baby can you imagine you i don't like that called him baby i don't either baby we're keeping it in so, like they said, it's an abrupt opening. <clears throat> the echo at the end of each verse is not my cup of tea. I absolutely hated that. Mm-hmm. He would say, like, see, 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 see. Yeah, yeah, like, I, no. I heard you audibly be like, oh, that echo. Yeah. 
Anyway, Collins told Playboy, attaboy, I had a tempo in mind. I was thinking of one of the Jackson songs, actually, when I strung a chorus on it. The line, one more night, just fit what I was playing. The rest of the song was written very quickly. Yes, we can tell. <laughs> He's also stated that the lyrics are more optimistic in a warm way rather than depressing in a negative way. <laughs> what? I don't know. Didn't pay attention. Anyway, let's get to this next one. The I'm next song say. is called Don't Lose My Number. This song is cool. This song has a cool story to it. The title's um, misleading, kind of. It is. Um, I won't explain the story. Laney will explain it. But this song has a cool story, and I really liked it. Uh, it is very, again, a lot of these songs are, but this one especially to me is very 80s. Very, very 80s. Oh, yeah. um, just like took the 80s dial and cranked that hoe to 11, dude. Um, I think the chorus could have been stronger. It just kind of seems weak. And random next to like such a cool story with the verses and stuff, and I didn't. I just I don't know. I felt like he could have done the verses a little more justice with a different chorus yeah. or just restructured it somehow. But yeah, um, I'll hand it over to Lainey so she can explain what the song is about. Okay, so right off the bat, I got chills and not in a good way. It was like a full body cringe mm-hmm. almost. Um, but the storyline. So it's about a young man named Billy, whom the singer is hoping to find. At- to find, and also hoping that Billy still has the singer's number, hence the name of the song. However, the song describes Billy pursued by some shadowy organization as he flees from some accidental crime. Which, if we're talking just strictly the plot, that reminds me of Billy Joel's You May Be Right, in a sense, but also Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. Is Billy Billy Joel? Maybe. Billy Idol. <laughs> um, honestly, sure. it's just a catchy, full-on 80s song that I'm not mad at. I'd listen to it if it came on. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be my first choice, however. So, let's continue. The next song is called Who Said I Would. Uh, the beginning literally sounds like a ringtone. Like, you would go into your settings and click on, like... Because it, jo- it was... Joyful Paradise and click on It was like they had it. four mallets... Yes. And they were sitting there. That's what it was. Uh huh. Um, I realized during this song. What's uh, it called? What do you mean? Like the instrument? Mm-hmm. A marimba? Thank you. Um, I literally used that word in a couple songs. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I realized during this song, his choruses all have the ex- like exact same feel to them. Um. Yeah. His songs have the same feel. Yeah. Uh, with that being Phil said... Collins! <gasps> Anyways, um, I genuinely don't understand how I was head-bopping to such an energetic song, yet I was bored. Like, it's... Yeah. that's And that's something that I felt throughout the album, is like, there's so much energy in some of these songs, but I still can't pull myself out of the boredom just because of how formulaic it is and stuff. I mean... I only wrote three things on this. Uh huh. So that should. Um, also, the sax solo in this literally sounds like it was like played through a tin can into a fifteen dollar microphone and then thrown through like seventeen audio filters on a free app. It's like they plugged it into a guitar amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And had like one of the pedals. <laughs> it just sounds weird. It doesn't sound right. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. Is that all you? Yeah. Okay. Well, this song is also reminiscent of Prince's 1999, but with a faster tempo. At least in the beginning it was. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds the same as the others, like we've already touched on. And I just had to guess about what it was about, and I said, was it about a girl playing hard to get? Maybe. Did you pay attention? Uh, something like that. I don't know. Okay, we can move on. Uh, the next song is called Doesn't Anybody Stay Together Anymore? No. And I thought this was going to be, or I didn't think it was, but it reminded me of the, uh, what's forever for? I can't remember who that's by. Uh, doesn't anybody ever stay together anymore? I don't remember. Um, I really like the drum action going on in the song. It's a very Tom-driven song, which is a very Phil Collins, like, trope. Um, oh, Tom's, for anybody that isn't just, like, in the know, is like... It's a floor. Uh, drum. Toms are just, like, the drums that aren't the, the snare. Not the bass, that have not notes. the snare. The, the ones that are, like... Like, they all have notes to them. Um, Go listen to that one part in... Um, Coming in the Air Tonight. Thank you. Uh, I just read your mind. But, your yes, body. that is a very Phil Collins yeah. thing, for example. Um, otherwise, this song is just kind of lame, though. I don't like the background instrumentation during the chorus. It just doesn't sit right in my ears. It, it was kind of jarring. I, I just wasn't about this one. Oh, this... Yeah, I remember this one. I thought mm-hmm. I wrote Limp Biscuit for a second, and I was like, oh, that's a little <laughs> off. But, no, I just can't read. It's I'm tired. Um, okay, so the intro buildup fell through the floor when he started singing. It was an immediate drop. He was very soft-spoken. I didn't think it meshed very well. I didn't realize, though, that he was singing the chorus until I started reading the lyrics. Yeah. Because it sounded the like the first however many lines of the chorus sounds the exact same as the verses. But then it's the last three lines of the chorus that pick back up with the same mm-hmm. tempo as the intro and the same energy, but they're so repetitive. So it, it just... There was like six or seven lines in the mm-hmm. chorus and you get to it and it's like, it doesn't even feel like there's really a build up. Maybe he's building up like, like, a little bit, but yeah. it really doesn't feel like it's going to be getting to a chorus until you're just there. But I will say if you read the lyrics alone, they are pretty timeless even if the instrumental aspect of the song might not be in, they're still relatable, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, next. The next song is called Inside Out. Uh, the beginning was literally coming in the air tonight. It's funny that we just talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exact, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Maybe it, maybe it, it wasn't cut like... cut off, like... Yeah. It was like, do-do-do-do-do-do, and then he went uh-huh. into Um... The song was boring, though, in my opinion. The chorus was weak. It was too long of a song. And the verses are just, like, super-duper, just trudgingly slow. And I just... I don't know. I wasn't about it. But I will take this time, though, and I'm surprised we haven't said this, either of us. Um, Phil Collins has a really nice voice. Like, that dude can sing. Like, you can usually tell when you're listening to somebody if... What if their voice is studio produced or not? And I feel like Phil Collins can genuinely just sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so, other than In the Air Tonight intro, it has that 70s game show guitar in there. I know I've talked about it before. I can't remember what album it was on, though, where they had the same... It's almost like a... I don't want to say, like, the wall sound, but it's like a... Like a specific... There's like a speci- it's like a specifically picked note. I can't remember what game show it's on either. It's either like the match game or it's on Press Your Luck. It's on something. One of the old 
game shows and I cannot remember and it's very irritating. I need to look that up. Anyway. But it also just really sounds like your average 80s love song and it's kind of meh. But from about the 3 minute mark to the 3.30 minute mark, that is my favorite part of the song. Go listen to it and find out why. Or maybe just listen to it in general. Just that portion of the song where mm-hmm. it kind of picks up. Or don't. Uh, it's up to you. But the end is repetitive. It's kind of tolerable, though, because there is a guitar solo. And that is the end of that song. The next song is called Take Me Home. Uh, this reminded me of the the beginning did. It reminded me of the song, You Could Dance If You Want To, We Can Leave Our Friends Behind. Uh, I think that's literally, like, the. I can't remember what that song is called. I think it's with men, with men Without Hats or something. I don't know. <sighs> the beginning it's funny that you just talked about a game show because I'm literally saying the beginning of this sounds like it would be the thinking music for an 80s special of Jeopardy um, yeah it is men's with, men without hats the safety dance yeah the safety dance that's what it is um, and the fact that there's this little like electronic marimba thing going on for the whole entire song drove me nuts dude it was all just one and a two and a three and a four and a the whole song with this electronic marimba. I just I needed my ears needed the break. Uh, speaking of my ears needing a break, the outro literally could have been like thirty seconds shorter, and it wouldn't have done anything bad to the song. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll hand it over to you now. Though. Okay. Also, us thinking John Denver "Take Me Home Country Roads." This song is often misinterpreted as an ode to his home. Because of the music video, apparently, like, shows scenes of that. Mm-hmm. It demonstrates that. So, that's where the confusion comes from. But Phil actually stated that this song was inspired by One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with, and like, the narrator is uh, a patient at a mental health facility. Yeah. I've never seen the movie or... It's, it's a book. It's, it's a book. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think my mom read it and really liked it. I never have. I don't... I haven't read any I think it's books. sad. I feel like I remember my mom crying about it. I know Jack Nicholson's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because he's the narrator, obviously. Um, I'm pretty sure anyway. Gotta love Jack. Never seen it. But it's funny that you said it reminds you of the safety dance. <laughs> because it reminded me of Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. Same thing. It's 80s. Men without hats. Whitney Houston. But it's repetitive. It's kind of on the sad side of things. I've okay. I've 100 percent heard this before though because of the radio. You know, because mm-hmm. I listen to the middle-aged man station. And it's a good song, but it's one of those songs that you would listen to if you need to like feel some sort of hope or just like straight up cry. I can also hear it as a Broadway musical song though. Valid. So. Very valid opinion. Is this the last song? The next song, or the final song, Thankfully. is called We Said Hello Goodbye. I was hoping for Hello Goodbye by the Beatles, and uh, I was disappointed. Uh, he could have toned down the reverb a little bit on this song, like you said earlier with the different song. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Um, it literally sounds like when somebody has a busted mic in an Xbox party, if anybody relates to that. You always got that one friend with that mic that they threw across the room playing Halo or something, and then they pick it back up, and you can hear yourself go through their microphone, and it echoes. Oh, my gosh, that's the worst. Eli, fix your mic. Um, a good way to end the album, though, some Is people really... No. Some people really butcher... I don't think so. Some people really butcher uh, the ending of albums, but this was calm and pleasant, a nice way to just I, yeah. let you go. Mm-hmm. Read, read your first note again. Um, I was really hoping for Hello Goodbye by the Beatles. Okay, it's funny that you said that, because personally, I think I like this song more than Hello Goodbye, 
But then me saying that reminds me of F is for Family. That's a mature TV show on Netflix. It's hilarious, but... Just, it is. It is funny. Do you remember when the dad is sitting there, like, screaming about the Beatles? And he's like, hello, goodbye! And he just, like... <laughs> yes, That's yes, what yes. I thought of, and I thought that was so funny. But getting to what my actual notes say, it's about inevitable change in life and how Phil Collins deals with it. So it's his own little... Mm-hmm. He explains that change can be difficult and sad, but there is a silver lining to every dark cloud, and life does get better with change. So, for me personally, I love the string and piano combination that was within the extended intro in this song. It reminds me of the song "When She Loved Me," my "When She Loved Me" by Sarah McLaughlin. I cannot speak today. That was in Toy Story Two. I don't know if any of you know what that song is, but it's also on Disney. Um, greatest album volume three that I would play on one of those little CD players every car ride that song would go like a, like a CD, little Walkman that CD would go in it wasn't a Walkman no it was, it was just a CD player it was a portable CD player little flat I still have it um, but sadly when he starts singing it goes back to full on 80s and it sounds like Motley Crue's Home Sweet Home and listen I like Motley Crue I don't love that song personally but it's just I don't know he he changed it so much but I will say that this might be one of the best on the album and I think it's a good closer like they said we gotta talk after this about how you like this better than Hello Goodbye by the Beatles uh cause that's like that's like one of my favorite Beatles songs like I I love that song dude I, I think the lyrics are basic. I think. Oh, I know it. I know it's a dumb song. I know it's a dumb song, but I like it. Like, I don't know. It's very. You know, we're not going to have a Beatles conversation on the Phil Collins. Well, I'm, I'm leaving podcast. after this because I have to wake up early in the morning. Um. So one through ninety two. How do you feel? Okay, I had to explain this out in my notes uh, because he wrote or co-wrote every single song on the album, and also I, I mean I knew what to expect from Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, just personally, I did. I'll put it a little bit lower than what it is now, which is, it's at 59 right now. So I would say 65, and that's also because Phil Collins basically is the 80s, and is it's a part of, you know, he's a part of that big 80s movement with the synth and everything, and the iconic sounds. And he did the Tarzan soundtrack. <laughs> so, come on. Um, Maybe lower, though. We'll have to, I don't know. I didn't like it. I mean, I mean that was just a given. If you know me and my music taste, I wasn't gonna like this album. I I knew going in, like I went in with an open mind, but I knew going in, I wasn't gonna expect a lot out of Phil Collins to please my ears. In the air tonight wasn't even on here. Yeah, in the air tonight is literally. I I I don't love that song, but that's definitely my favorite Phil Collins song, and I think that's a banger. And it's not even on this album, dude. So that really just kind of deflated my balloon, I guess. So um, my excitement balloon. But um, I'm bumping this down quite a bit. It's in my seventies, bro. Like it's it's down there a good little bit. Um, upper seventies, like seventy one, seventy two, seventy three. Are we still ranking these out of ninety two? Yeah. Or are we doing all one twenty one? I did ninety two, and I was going to move on to one twenty one whenever we got past all the ninety two. Like, whenever we did all the 92, I was thinking about, like, just ranking all of the 92 and then going and listening to the 21 and then combining them and then ranking it Again, like that. Again, we'll post it on our social medias, like our 
big list or poster or whatever, and maybe we'll also even have it here Yeah. on our last episode. There will definitely but be some sort of video or something made, There will made be a too. visual to show you how we ranked all of them in the end. Yes. But we have to filter back through all 121. So that is also a very long time away from now. Uh, years. Literally. Year literal years. Um, yeah. So, uh, social medias, I, unless you have anything else to say to the viewers before I get into social medias and break this down. Uh, just go watch our new vlog on our thing. Yeah, watch our new vlog on the social medias that I'm about to talk about. So, Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM POD, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. Oh, no. The Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. The YouTube, uh, the Diamond Mind. If you look up the Diamond Mind Podcast, we should be the first thing on there, and you'll find the vlog and stuff. Um, so, yeah, this has been the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny. We'll be back at you next week with Mariah Carey's Music Box.